Hi, I'm Tony Reese, and welcome to My Life Lessons Showcasing Veterans. My special guest today is Raymond Leibold. Welcome, Raymond, to this Life Lessons Project. Thank you. So take a moment, Ray, and tell us where you served and how long you served. Okay, I served in the United States Army. I was drafted, and uh, uh, I entered New Cumberland, Pennsylvania, and uh, went from there into on a troop train uh, in the stockyards of Chicago for my 19th birthday. From there, I took the northern route into uh, Washington State, uh, Salem, uh, Oregon is where I spent my basic uh, uh, training, and then down in Southern California, and. Um, I was on the uh, uh, Quartermaster Corps that uh, served in the uh, uh, desert of South, Carol uh, South California and uh, Yuma, Arizona desert. Uh, and the maneuvers that were done by uh, General Patton uh, on the desert, we served uh, the troops. Uh, our outfit was uh, shoe repair, clothing repair, a tent and webbing, and uh, canvas and webbing. And we were in the uh, desert for about 11 months and living in a, a tent, a 16 by 16 pyramidal tent. There were about six guys to a tent. And we moved a lot of times, about seven, eight times. That it, we moved to different locations. And the, uh, after that, uh, we were transferred uh, on a troop train to Fort Francis E. Warren, Wyoming, uh, where we took some training and uh, uh, field exercises and uh, uh, I learned to use the 50 caliber machine gun in Kemp Course in Colorado, and uh, I was given a medal for um, for uh, expert rifleman, and uh, we then moved into Guernsey, Wyoming, on for field maneuvers, and uh, Guernsey, Wyoming, is the location where the, the troop train, the troop train, the uh, uh, land trains went, moved across the country uh, in the Conestoga wagons to Oregon and uh, Washington State, and that's where the uh, the um, the wheels of the uh, Conestoga wagons are still engraved in the stones out there the, where they went through the uh, limestone areas. The, the wagon trains uh, would uh, put a mark in the, in the, uh, in the um, limestone. And from there, we were moved into uh, Fort Evans, Massachusetts. And that's where I... Uh, uh, 
had my wife come, then my girlfriend, and we became engaged. It was July 4th, uh, July, July uh, 12th, I guess is her birthday. She had a vacation for a week, and she came up to see me. And from there, we went to uh, Europe. I went into France, across the English Channel, up uh, Normandy. Uh, four months later, of course, after the invasion, and uh, then I was into Cherbourg, and uh, from there we went to to uh, the Paris area, and. Uh, uh, the uh, the priest treaty was signed, and uh, then we went into uh, Belgium after the peace treaty was signed, and we collected uh, heavy coats and uh, all kind of stuff to put them into. Uh, uh, the laundries and washed them, cleaned them up, bailed them up, and uh, then they put us on a troop train, traveled to southern France, southern oil staging area, and that was an indication we were going to go overseas. One of the big signs was uh, loose lips sink ships. Mm -hmm. And uh, we went uh, aboard the, sh the ship in the Mediterranean Sea, past the rock of Gibraltar, through the, through the, uh, the straits. I saw North Africa on the left, very close, it looked as though you could touch it. In the Atlantic Ocean and down through, uh, uh, we got into um, uh, Panama, and they dropped the first atomic bomb. And we went from there through the Panama Canal and to a little town called Balboa. A little town there on the Pacific side of the canal. And how long were you there, Ray? I was away for three and a half years. Three, three years, three years, three sorry. Years. Okay. Now, um, uh, the reason we were aboard the ship was because we were getting ready for the invasion of Japan. And uh, in the meantime, uh, our ship was in a tornado, and uh, it was a, a twin screw ship. It broke one of the propellers, and we were late coming in. But in the meantime, they had dropped the second atomic bomb, and they wouldn't give us any information aboard the ship. The ship's name was Japara, and uh, we uh, moved into Atlantic New Guinea. And when we moved into a land in New Guinea, they told us the war had been over for two weeks and we never knew it. Oh, my goodness. And um, they didn't know what to do with us. After they cleaned out the ship, 
they left us off the ship for a half a day or so to clean up the inside of the ship. And um, after we were cleaned up, they took us back to Manila. In the harbor at Manila, they didn't know what to do with us there, so they took us around the next day to Luzon, and we climbed down the ladders and the landing craft and went into Luzon and uh, got aboard a ship, uh, got aboard a train there, and went back to Manila. My goodness, I can only imagine if we had, we need to interview again because I can only imagine the stories in that journey. But I, let's, go, let's go into the project. It's so interesting to hear yeah. what you have to say. So during all of this time that you were in service, who or what inspired you during that time? Well, you had to, you had to keep doing what you were told to do, and you, uh, you learned to uh, obey orders, and when somebody told you to do something, you did it. Mm -hmm. And uh, who inspired me? Well, I had some good friends, and uh, uh, I, I can't say any special person would uh, inspired me, however, uh, one of the guys that was in the service with became the best man at my wedding. So that's a good, good thing. Absolutely. Yeah, and uh, uh, he, as much as I know, he's still living in uh, Stony Creek. In Stony Creek. Yeah. Well, what's his name? Do you remember? Robert L. Hare. Okay, well maybe he will watch this. Maybe he will. <laughs> maybe he will. All right. During that time of service, Ray, what was your greatest life lesson that you learned? To do what you had to do. To, to uh, keep your mind of what your job was and uh, kind of being dedicated to, the, to your job. Yeah. Okay. So focus, dedication. Focus, uh, mm -hmm. being focused. And did you apply those lessons after service? All the time. Can you give me an example? Was there a work experience, a personal experience? Well, I worked with the telephone company. I had 38 years of service with the telephone company and uh, it was only because of my wife that uh, I got into the telephone industry. I enjoyed it, and uh, uh, I was uh, uh, I started at the bottom as a lineman and worked up to a cable helper, cable splicer, a lineman. Uh, it was a good start. So the dedication that you dedication, had to focus yeah. helped and, uh, and then I was asked if I wanted to move ahead and what, what department I wanted to move ahead in and I, I chose the engineering department and I spent 30 years in the engineering department. My goodness, that is dedication. And, uh, well, let me, I want to ask you a question regarding this life lesson and this experience in this big, in the career you had too, while you were in service, how did that experience 
impact your life? How did it affect you? That is a difficult question, and I'm going to tell you why. Okay. When I was in Needles, California, on July 4th, 1944, I was called into the office and given a piece of paper that I became, that I was to become a postmaster for the company. It was in the morning. In the afternoon, I was called back into the office. And when I went back into the office, I was given notification that my mother had died. And, of course, I was given uh, permission to go back home for a 15-day pass. I spent time on a railroad station. That was a tough time in my life, really, really tough time. I didn't know what I was going to do, and uh, I, I had no idea what I was going to do. And then my my wife, at that time, girlfriend, came to see me at Fort Devens, Massachusetts, and I uh, asked her if she would marry me, and uh, she agreed. And if it wouldn't have been for that, I probably would have stayed in the service. Mm. So, so, so that, that was a big change in my life. Mm -hmm. And there was a chain of events that occurred that yes. brought you to the service, yes? yes. So, two final questions in the project, Ray. What does honor mean to you? Honor? Honor. That's number one. How so? Uh, honor, uh, you, uh, you live by what you you're taught to do when you honor your superiors. I, I, I don't really uh, know how to answer that any more than that. I think you did. I think that was a wonderful answer. You do what you honor, the commitment is yeah, what I'm hearing. Commitment and yep. life, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, final question. What does freedom mean to you? Oh, that's the most important thing in the world. Uh, we have to have freedom. We can't. Uh, we can't let it go down the drain. We have to uh, 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 inform our uh, our politicians or whoever it is to to keep the peace and. Uh, uh, Keep the idea that this is a country to uh, uh, only like one like it in the world and uh, uh, maintain uh, actually status quo, I guess you'd say. Okay? Mm -hmm. Yes. What an honor and a privilege it is to talk to you today and to include you in this project. Thank you so very much for doing this today. Well, I've only given you a short story. I know. There's a lot in between. 
And we an will awful revisit lot that. in between. And we will revisit that with you, I hope, someday. But okay. for now, thank you again. You're welcome. Thank you. These life lessons are made possible in part by Tompkins Vist Bank, Lords and Ladies Salons, and Riverfront Federal Credit Union.